This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello. Good afternoon. It is the live exit. Me and Jack on the Monday show after a weekend of what I would say is bliss, Jack. Absolutely uh, bliss. An Everton this weekend. Mm. Lesser spotted. The lesser spotted, no Everton weekend. Yeah. And it's good. It's peaceful. The, a bit less stress, a bit less agony, you know. Mm. Given the way things have been lately, you're still expecting a new story from you know the, the Daily Mail mm. or you know another mm. suitable mm. newspaper about how Everton will explode in 10 minutes if they don't raise 800 billion to yeah. pay off the debts for the coffee machine <laughs> or something random like that. But no, we, we didn't play, which means we haven't been beat this weekend. There's been good a, a less disaster news than we've been used to yeah, over the weekend. Absolutely. But unfortunately, we have seen arguably our best player this year. Links of a move away, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we have, and we will discuss that. What are you getting all weird for? You were, you were looking over to Jack as in you wanted to say something to him. Yeah, yeah. he did. Like, sort your mic out, I think, you were going to say. Maybe. Um, so, no, Decore has been linked. Decore has been linked with a move, hasn't he, to, uh, to Saudi Arabia. Um, which is interesting because he doesn't play for Newcastle. So why would you be linked? With, why would he be linked? More on that on uh, more than a game after this show. Um, but yeah, they they there has been a link with the core. Um, he he's a player. We I mean he's not available at the moment, and and we don't know how long we's got, we you know we he's not going to be available for us, but. He is definitely a player that we cannot do without. Clearly, one one win in Sean Dyche's t- time at, at Everton with you know without him, and that came last week in the FA Cup game. So there's no way Everton could do without him, is there? No, definitely not. And we've seen it, like you just said, what we are without the Corey. And it's not even just the results, the performances mm. are generally quite bad without the Corey because we need him on the pitch to play the way we play. There's not that many players who can do the role Decore does for us. I don't mean in terms of quality necessarily, mm. but in terms of style. And then with the quality as well, he is performing well in that role as well. So he really just facilitates us to play the way we want to play. I think without him, we've seen how much Dice struggles to get this team worked out to still you know, replicate mm. that the best he can, just because there's no one else in our team who does what he does. We've seen you know, Gomez have a go and you know he does all right but physically he's just not the same animal that Takore is Dan Juma just doesn't seem switched on enough to play that role in terms of you know Takore always time just runs brilliantly and he'll do the yards as well he'll drop back into midfield and make us five out of the ball sometimes and just in terms of finding a player who a, has the quality to do that and b has the work rate and the mental side to you know be able to manage that, I think they're quite few and far between to be honest. And there's a reason why he's popped up with so many goals for us. He's a very important player. 
even in better circumstances, you know, if, if we had our 10 points back, there wasn't mm. all the financial stuff hanging over our heads, you still really wouldn't want to sell him because he's been that important for us. You could see the argument a little bit more. You look at his age and his injury record and his wages and that and go out oh, and get some money and buy someone younger. You'd still want to keep him at the end of the day because he's a very good player. We haven't got the players, let's be honest, to be getting rid of really anybody at the moment. The, the squad is so small. Um, that it only takes a couple of players not being around to really disable them, and also like it only takes a couple of players certain types as well. Like so, like if Ashley Young's out, that affects back up for right back, left back, and right midfield. Which means if the core is out, Jack Harrison doesn't move from right midfield to centre where where the manager seems to like him and all these little like key components that we have because players are covering each other's positions and stuff like that rather than being like two positions two players for each position um no i don't th- i don't think we could afford to do that right now i think i think this Everton are sort of finally finally balanced um where it's like it's almost like that thing of it only takes one. It's like it's like it's like having all your bills covered, and then like you know the washing machine breaks or something. It's like oh, that's all it takes to absolutely destroy your life and your finances. That's how I feel about Everton. So when it, when it comes to stuff like this, there's no way we could we could sell them. I don't think um, if there's a market there now, there'll be a market there in the summer. You'd imagine and Everton. I don't think Everton would want to sell him anyway, but just because he is so key. And also, the other side of it, from his side of it, this is a player that um, didn't go the AFCON because he basically stressed that he wanted to play for his club, give something back to his club. He he said a few times, I think, that he wants to stay in England, finish his career in the Premier League. He doesn't strike me as, as a player who who wants a way and also would want a way to Saudi where you are essentially going into semi-retirement and we've no we already know now that it's it is pretty much a failing experiment Saudi um and that again might be a conversation to have later on when we're talking about when we're on um more than a game but it does feel like that is that is not going the way they thought it was going by just throwing money at it. Tendences haven't gone up and things like that. So, I think he he'd want to stay. I think Everton want to stay. And I think you can't be you can't be looking to sell. Just be looking to sell the best players if you don't have a plan. Um, and also because just because oh, there's good money there because Everton can't just do that. You still need to put eleven players on the pitch, and you know eleven players. Uh, in, in the key positions. No, like you say, Everton squad's just so thin, isn't it? And all our backups for our key positions, they're already on the pitch in their preferred roles, and it's okay, but we'll bring someone out of their comfort zone, like a Jack Harrison, yeah. who maybe fills the gap. It's Everton won't want to sell them, even if you know we could mm-hmm. do with the money, the financial losses to selling them would be bigger, because I think we'd probably go down without the Corey. He's been that important mm, to us, absolutely. but the only other side is if the player wants to move, and now obviously he's mm. spoken about staying in England, and you know he looks like he's really enjoying his football yeah, at Everton. Yeah. Um, the Saudi Arabia move hasn't worked for a lot of players, mm. mainly because the lifestyle adjustments. Yeah, 
Abdullah Decore is a Muslim yeah, himself. Yeah. I was just double checking that. That's yeah, why it's yeah. on my phone. I just wanted. You want to? You want to confirm that kind yeah. of thing? Um, so you know, obviously, the lifestyle for him might not be as for a Jordan Henderson who moved there, yeah. for example. It's a bit of a culture shock for Decore. Maybe it's not quite the same. There's still the football inside of things, and there's the quality. Of but there's also the. I mean, there's also the lifestyles. You know, I mean, this is a guy who spent most of his football and life in in England you know and I still think I still think it would still be a, a culture shock to him I still think it's still a part of the world that he's not doesn't come from I still think it would be a culture shock to a lot of people um because without getting too deep into it there's having there's having the religious side of of somebody's life, but then there's also having the freedoms that they that go along with just with being like maybe in a Western country that may not be there. And again, I'm not saying that's a right thing or a wrong thing. That's that's for other people's countries. I mean, don't want to get into that debate. But someone who's someone who spent their life in in a Western country, you know, France and then England. I think that's still going to be a cult. I still believe that's a culture shock. Regard, I mean, the, you know, they're going to fit more into this, you know, things. I think any time you move from a country that you've lived in for a long time, you move to another country, there's a culture change, yeah, isn't there? But, um, yeah, obviously, he wouldn't know how much he'd enjoy that life yeah, until he went no there one would and there. lived there. The only difference is that he'd have a better understanding of mm, what of that course. life would be because a lot of their laws are, you know, based in Islam and mm. you know what the Quran teaches yeah, yeah. his right to do and that. And um, he'll be more familiar with what that entails yeah. than an English man who spent his whole life in England who isn't a Muslim would be but obviously mm. you know there might be differences in the western world that he prefers and yeah, yeah look we don't know the money side of things they'd be able to offer him good money but he is on good money at everton mm. would he prefer the okay it's slightly less money but it's still very good money and i can you know earn a bit less but i'm playing in a better league and you know maybe I do a bit more with my career that way and that's something i can be prouder of later in my life we don't know that's all yeah. up to decore and I do think, while I don't think he'll depart this window, like you said earlier, that interest will still be there in the summer, especially the Saudi league. They're not against signing all the players, so mm. it, being six months older won't make a difference to them. He's going to play well enough if he you know, manages to get on the pitch regularly to still be in contention for the move. So I think it's something that, if it doesn't happen now, it could come back in six months. It depends, doesn't it? Because I think... Obviously, with Henderson leaving, obviously he's gone to Ajax now. They need to fill the, the gap, and that this is just an obvious name where he might feel like a player who's doing well in the Premier League. Um, and as you've mentioned, all for all those reasons, it, it is it is a it is a link that makes sense. But I, I I think I think for him, I think he'd look around and go, "Is it? it I am effectively becoming." Um, I am set effectively partly retiring from football. Yes, I still get to play football, but I mean, like the nonsense that Ronaldo's come out with, like over the weekend, saying and score outscoring Haaland. Well, he said the league is now better than the La, uh, La Liga, not La Liga. Sorry, uh, League One. Sorry, he said it was better now than League One. It's like it's is not. It? It's not though, is it? Is it? It's not though, is it, mate? It's not. 
that you you'll say that because you want what you're doing over there to be recognised, but it's not. It's, it's not legitimise it because as much yeah. as he's a player, he's an ambassador yeah. for that league. It's it's an no, absolutely false. nothing league. We've we all we see it. We 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 looked at it when it happened. A lot of people, you know, listen. People bought into it in in terms of the players we were bringing in, but after six months. It's basically the Chinese situation when they did it. The the status quo of football will never will never change. It will never change. It will always be about the five big leagues in Europe, and all it'll do is once in a while maybe it'll change which one's the big one, and that's all. And that even that's becoming less and less now because of the Premier League. But no other country on earth will take that away no 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 one no there isn't one in asia there's not one in the middle east there's certainly not one in america north america or south america will ever take it away the pro you know the it just it just won't happen money yes can lay their players away but after the same amount of time if those players have still got a hunger and a drive they'll want to to have that and playing in front of seven hundred thousand people will not do it for people because that's when you're a big footballer that is part of the attraction. It's it's playing in front. You know, we saw that with lockdown football. How how just awful it was, and how how when you look back at those games, they were like training. They were like training matches. That's all they were. And because of that, we got all kinds of weird results and people going to other people's grounds and winning. And but you know, like certainly for Everton. So it's 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 um you know it's it. it it's going to die on its arse, let's be honest. They'll still attract players. They'll still get that. The money will always be yeah, a Of course it will, of course it will. But I just, for me, I don't see the Corey going there now or I don't see him going there in the summer, if I'm honest, because I just think he's so important. And it is that importance to the team. It is that importance, the manager needing him so much that will say to a player like that, I have to stay here because I am, not only does the manager love me, the fans love me, and... I'm making a real difference. And and also, I think for him, he's finally playing in a position that absolutely suits him and you can see the best of him. And I think for a player who's who's been, certainly at Everton, I mean, watching him play defensive midfield for a couple of years, it's just like, this is crazy that he's playing there. Um, I think he'll love that. And I think that's what that's what drives him on rather than, rather than the money. Yeah, well, that's the thing with Decore. Remember when Watford bought him at a relatively young age? He was, you know, early 20s. Yeah. And I think his first year, he'd actually got sent out on loan from yeah, them because yeah. that's what they did at Forest. Yeah, Basically, yeah. they'd come up and they bought 20 players and then couldn't register them all. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, you know, we spent, he had some good years at Watford, some years where it weren't as good, mm -hmm. or the chopping change in the managers will obviously affect that. So, you know, maybe for him as a young man, uh, 23, 24, mm -hmm. maybe a couple of years after the fact, his career maybe wasn't quite going the way. Either for it was he thought, right, I'm moving to England mm -hmm. as a young man, I'm going to, you know, play for this team and you're going to make it with them, or, you know, I'll impress and as a young player, someone will come and buy me and, and I'll do great. And she got the Everton move first season under Ancelotti, he was good, I thought. Mm -hmm. After that, it started to taper off, but he. he Rafa Benitez was never going to work because Rafa Benitez was never going to work mm -hmm. and he just wasn't what Frank Lampard wanted or really thought a midfielder should be so at that stage in his career not really getting in the Everton team I think even a year ago I don't think anyone thought Decore I'd probably still be here 
mm. a year on. No, no. Getting in the team is well, he was very was close to going to Fulham, wasn't he? Yeah, then you know he he wasn't training with uh, the team and his contracts running out. He's on massive wages and he's being seen as another one. Another one of these players brought in for big money. We'll let them go for free because they've just not worked. But you know we'll, we'll get the wage gone, mm. and that'll be that. And we can move on now. He's indispensable because he's he's getting played in his role, and you know that could mean something to him as well. This idea of look, it's not always been this good. Yeah. It's good now. If I move, yes, there's you know the financial benefits, and mm. you know I I can keep playing in this league even once I'm past my prime physically because they won't care. No one's even going to notice, but. I've got it good now, and for the next two years, I could have it good yeah. and have it the way I, you know, I wanted it to be five mm. years ago. And we can keep going with that. And you know, there is something to be said for how loved Decore is becoming by Everton fans, especially you know with the important goals he scored, yeah. scoring against Bournemouth on the last day. You know, potentially that hopefully um, scoring the goals to keep us up this season as well. Everton fans won't forget that, and you know Everton is a club mm. where we do have real cult heroes. You know, you see the mm. banners, and you know players who, you know, fans of all clubs might look at them and go, "Oh, well, they only scored so many goals. That's not particularly special. Why well, I just love them so much?" It's like, no, you don't get it. Every club has these where you know they have a player where the fans just love, and they'll never be mm. forgotten because they did something or they did a few mm. things that were just massively important. And Everton is a club where we really appreciate appreciate those players and to Corey certainly becoming one of them yeah no absolutely and yeah the idea of selling them I just think is it, I mean I'm not saying there's an idea to sell them but I'm just saying it, none of this if you can get good money for them to me it's just like what does good money do for a club that where we are right now because it's all about for us now getting through the next five months isn't it um, hoping Hoping that we get some points back. Um, hoping that our hope takeover it, situation yeah, sorted. Yeah. So um, the last thing we need is is a spanner in the works. But anyway, yeah, let's let's just move on because another one that caught my eye over the weekend was uh, I don't know if you've seen this one, but Ben Godfrey again linked to um, quite a few clubs, quite a few clubs in in Italy. I think it was the the likes of Milan. Atalanta, uh, Atalanta, yeah, um, and a few other names, but so he is one, isn't he? Where you think and you go, like, well, we've got two centre backs there who are who are playing week in and week out. Got Michael Keane, best finisher at the football club, who the manager prefers to Ben Godfrey as yeah. well. And you, and of course, you want to you want two for every position, so it makes sense. And there is always that risk, and obviously at Burnley we we had to play him. But do you? Would you? Is he the one where you would say I would take the money for him? Actually, if someone come in with a good offer, I mean, at the moment I think it's more talking about loans. But if someone did come in for a good offer with Ben Godfrey, and obviously he's been he has been linked with with Spurs as well, is he one that you'd say actually that does make sense? In terms of our expensable players, which we don't have many of because our squad's so thin, and then in mm. terms of those players we could actually sell for a bit of money that someone might actually want, he's the main candidate. Mm. Isn't he? You look at some of the other undesirables at Everton. No one wants them, let alone wants mm. to you know pay a few million quid for them. It's not only is he not first choice, he's actually fourth choice. Granted, mm. it's a position where you have two of them players on the pitch, but... 
centre backs don't get injured or as much as you know wingers or strikers might do on average. So you know you don't need at as good fourth choice as your third choice, and you know the manager does see Michael Keane as his clear mm. third choice ahead of Ben Godfrey. So. Look, if we could get 10 million for him, we're not going to go out and buy a 10 million player because, you know, a lot of that money is just going to go to the account, isn't it? Mm. But what it might facilitate is two loan moves. Mm. Which... But what it is, is it's 10 million quid. Let's say it's 10 million. It's 10 million quid just sitting on the bench, depreciating all the time. It's just sitting there and it's taking wages and it's just sitting there. When, when we know, I mean, you know, people are saying, well, how much would you take? Would you would it need to take the Corey? No, there's not enough. There's no money because the Corey actually does something on the pitch. That means that and where we are, whether we like it or not, means we need players to do a job for us to get us out of where we are right now. Unless, as we've said, the. Um... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline you know, the independent commission uh, sought that for us. They're players you just wouldn't sell. But Ben Godfrey, I think, is... That is one where I'd look at it and go, is it, you know, if, if Michael Keane's third choice and then after that you've got, like, Michalenko and you've got Seamus Coleman who could play centre-back, I think. The heat, that money's just sitting there and I think not only the 10 million, but getting it back and getting it back and and um, obviously the way the way it all works, profit and sustainability. I I think that is that is money that you would you would look at and go. See, we are making. You no, know, when they go, when people go, we never sold no one, and they sold. He is someone I'd sit there and go. I think you have to make a calculated uh, decision on that. That is a risk. Of course, it's a risk, Salman, because you could end up in a situation where you lose a couple of players. But you have to make that risk based on well, how often does Tarki miss games? Right, we'll touch wood that he doesn't miss any, but how often does he miss games of football? And Jared Brantwaite, he's a young lad and he, he, he you know, plays most games himself. So you have to make that risk. And I think if you could get 10 million quid and get his wages off the books, that is definitely a, a sign to people and obviously to the accountants that you're moving in a, in a in the right way. Of course, listen, you need a buyer for that. Don't get me wrong. This is all speculation. But I do think you have to make that calculated gamble now and again for a player who's not playing. Yeah, just looping back to what you said about Decore mm. with the comments, um, to be honest, there is no figure I'd sell them for, not even just because of performance, but even if, say, they came in with 80 million, it, they wouldn't exaggerate on. Yeah. <laughs> We wouldn't spend eighty million on players. That no. would spend forty because it's all going to go to the accounts. Mm. And it, yeah, if you're talking a figure that high with the money we might spend out of that sum, we might buy someone good enough. But it's still a gamble when yeah. we're not in a position to really take gambles. So 
with Godfrey, yeah, he's not playing it's his wages off the books. That'll bring our expenses down slightly as well. And you know, it's it's ten million in the bank, which we won't be buying anyone. But you know, we might pay a couple of small loan fees. We'll still keep the lion's share of that ten mm. million, so that's still in the bank. And it means we've got one player out the door who doesn't play. He's a fourth choice centre half, mm. and we've maybe got two players who will play. Because oh look, we've got a new winger, or there's a new midfielder as well. And that's a position we need bodies and. That might actually make us stronger for, yeah. you know, spending less money, bring more in, spend less. That's what we've been asking the club yeah, to do yeah. for years, isn't it? Um, in terms of potential move to Italy, I, I could see that happening. You know, we've seen English centre-halves move to Italy before mm. with uh, Tamori. Maybe mentioned Tanganga yeah. going to AC Milan a couple of years back. Milan! AC Milan. Um, but, you know, um, physical centre-halves in Italy, mm. the not always the most common players because yeah. a lot of Italian centre-backs, a lot of Italian players move a bit slower, the more about being better on the ball, yeah. a bit reading the Don't game Don't exactly better. get pacey Italian uh, centre-forwards either, you know what I mean? No, and that's probably yeah. why someone like Beto got a good gold return yeah. in that league because his physicality far surpassed that of the defenders in that league yeah. on average, whereas you know maybe a lot of Italian teams are looking at more physical centre-halves and going, OK, can we get the balance yeah. between you know what we have and what is the Italian way and a bit more physicality to combat these players who might not be great mm. but physically they're just blowing us away and that that is yeah. ben godfrey's bread and butter yeah really, exactly yeah and i think no I, I think he'd i think he'd do well there um i think we often think about italian defenders or as um being of the literally the highest tier but that because they're not playing against they're not playing against the 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 best forwards out there and they're not the most physical and they're not the fastest. You only, you only have to look at like Osman and, and Napoli and see his size and see how well he does. And the, um, I can never pronounce his name, the winger at Napoli as well. Big Kev. Big, yeah, big Kev to Georgian. Um, how well he's done because of his, because of how, because of how fast and how tricky he is. Um, now we know, we know Ten Ganga never went to Milan, he went to Millwall, but he was heavily linked with Milan and he wanted him. It fell through. We actually talked yeah. about this last week. Uh, thanks for watching. We, we were just talking about how sad it was. Yeah, really, we were talking about how sad it was that a player. Milan well, he, it got that close to yeah. Tanganga going to Milan. If you watch the documentary on Sky about the deadline day and how close it got, um, and if it, it fell through because Spurs wouldn't let him go, and now he's gone to Millwall. And we watched, we talked about it last week. Thanks for watching. Um, we know we never. So we're saying that, but 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 the side, but the point still stands. The size and the physicality of the player, Ben Godfrey would do very very well, I think, over there. Um, and it would be interesting, interesting career move for him. But as I said, I think if a player like that's just sitting on your bench, it's and it listen, it you're you're absolutely right. What you say, it's not about it's not about taking the ten million and. Saying, "Oh, who can we buy for ten million? That's not how it works. That's not how PS- PSR works. It's about getting that money in and proving that you've taken the money and you've got the wages, which is in, again another important thing. You've got the wages off the books. Um, you have il- illustrated that you are making changes within your setup and are you're trying uh, trying to get the wage bill down. And you're absolutely right. Ever- one, of, one of Everton's major problems has been." When it comes to signing players, is Everton don't have the cash up front to to pay that first fee. It's why they were. It's why we brought in um, Beto because they didn't want anything up front. It's why we lost out on the other kid from last year as well, who went to Italy and done his knee in straight away. Oh, uh, Bill Altore. Yeah, yeah. It's why we lost out on him because 
uh, we didn't have anything to give up front. Um, we we just don't. We have to spread the payments, and we don't have other clubs can come in and go. We'll give you ten million down. We don't have that down payment. Um, but it could mean that yeah, you're absolutely right. The wages going out could mean suddenly you get two players that playing a right winger or a left winger or a number ten or whatever, and suddenly we've we've got one player out, got his wages, got a bit of money, and replaced them with a couple of smart loans. Um, so. That is definitely one I would look at. It's a calculated risk, and I think Everton have to make calculated risks because we also have a manager who can say to players, can you slot in here for me? Can you do this job for me? It mightn't be pretty, but I could see easily Michalenko playing centre-back. I could see Seamus Coleman playing centre-back. If they had to play in a three, they had to play in a three. I could see that happening. Um, and you we... We have to do those deals. We have to be smart about what we've got. Getting rid of the core and saying, oh, we're getting 30 million, 40 million for the core, whatever, isn't smart because it it takes away one of your best players. But getting rid of a player who just doesn't play every week and, and doing something with that is, is smart business. Yeah, and just the potential cash we could potentially get for them. I know you said it's mainly loans that are being mm. rumoured at the moment, but you know, in the last few weeks we have seen figures of around ten to twelve million being yeah. speculated and you know, you have got to remember if we do make sales, it's not all gonna come back onto the pitch. But it it might mean two loans, which might mean two places higher. I think I think I think what we've got to get used to, and this is something that I think a lot of our fans are aware of this. And we've seen this when a Wobie went. We are going to sell players, and that money is going to just disappear. It's going to go. Richarlison it's just well. going to disappear because we are in such a financial uh, state, and the way, and we all know that. We all know we've been charged again. That money has to go Davison debt, and it has to go on the books. So when someone opens the books, and that unfortunately is just the way of the world now that we are, you know. If you sell a player, don't go with the Arteta money, because that's where the Arteta money went as well. By the way, um, sorry to break that to you, but that's where that went as well. It went on, it went on paying debts, and um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, just, just someone asked then, why did I shout Milan? It's because Jack has a terrible, 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 terrible habit. Of saying AC, and I just won't stand for it. I will not it's stand what for everyone it. Knows the I will not stand for it. They are called Milan. AC Milan. Milan. They're not I called said. AC Milan. They're called Milan. Ned, what does that say on your badge? AC Milan. What does that say on your badge? Put your mic up. Put your camera on. Put your camera on. It's. Put your camera on. Says Milan. Put your camera on. But it's also camera. I want AC cameras. I want cameras. Um, I'd like a camera, please. Oh. There you go. Show everyone what it says at the top of your badge. It does say AC. On it, it does say it. AC. On there, not that actually badge, says. Oh, that's because it says A C M. Actually, that's did you know A C Milan? Almost. Is it in all of them. Yeah. No, it's not, that's because it's a D H. It also says Champions League final oh, 2007. Yeah. I who just did, wanted to show it. Who did they beat, yeah. Jack? Uh, they beat. What does it say on the Champions League? By the way, just so I can. 2007. No, what does it say? No, actually, it should have dingy on it. What does it say? Yeah, then it's D H. 
The final oh, Athens, 2007, 23rd of May, Olympic Stadium. And one, two, Who have you got one. on the back? Two, one, neither. Kaka. Nearly got, give, nearly I was going to... Spin, spin, spin. Kaka or Inzaghi. Should have got Inzaghi. I wouldn't mind Gattuso, but... You can't. You couldn't pull off Gattuso. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you need a bit about you. Yeah, I think so. I don't yeah. goals for Inzaghi. He's got a goalsy. Yeah. So I've done um, Kaka. There you go. Nestor yeah. or Maldini would have been cool too, but I'm not tall enough. The, the answer, the answer is always Maldini. Always. What's the question? Doesn't matter. This is what you want for lunch. Maldini. He's <laughs> yeah. probably the best Milan name you can get. It's always. They've retired this year. has got the retired number as well. But we, we, we so talked cool. about retired numbers last week because we were talking about Jordan Henderson not getting the number 14 at Ajax. Um, some interesting ones. Some I think interesting if ones. I walked into like the Milan club shop and mm. it was like, oh, well, what was Maldini's number? Was it three? Don't, I mean, again... This, I, the youth. It is number three. Course, yeah. Okay. Three. So um, yeah. So keep your pants on. But um, if I walked into the <laughs> Milan shop and I was like, oh, I'll have, I'll have number three, yeah. and I'll have um, Osman, three Osman Milan shirt. Do you think they'd do it? No. Emma, sorry. Like, like she says, like to most people, Ped, it's a, it's not AC though. It's not. It's like calling Everton FC. Sorry, who said that? Emma. Emma's wrong. We're gonna get on. Emma's wrong. I, I don't mind when people, if people say because you're an idiot. No, AC Milan. I'm like, it's Milan, but okay. No, you can people... call. You can if you want to call it AC, AC Milan, Milan. You can call it AC Milan. Well, you can't just call you it. You can't AC. call it. It's, it's unethical. AC. It's Milan. It's unethical. Milan this conversation did start from me saying AC Milan. To be fair, didn't just say AC. So no, no. I'm gone again. Dylan Blue says AC is perfectly fine. No, it's not. No, it's not. You don't call Roma AS. The future's now, old man. The future can be whatever it wants. I don't call into internationally. I write, I, people, I'm a futurist. Yeah, people like me write the future. And I'm writing to the future and I'm saying... No, the, the future's written back and it said you can call them AC Milan if you want. No. It's Milan and it's Inter. And anyone else is just wrong. You can call it AC Milan if you want. You can call it AC Milan. But you can't call it AC. I'd call it AC. You just you, can't. I'd call it AC Milan. You just you can't. Like, I've, been, I've been on this earth for a while. You can call it AC Milan if you want, right? This year. You can call it AC Milan if you want. You just can't call it AC. You just can't call I, it. I didn't call it AC. I said AC Milan. Yeah. AC, I've said this before, right? AC is like FC. That's what it is. Yeah, but what you've got to remember is. It's cooler than FC, but the Italian <laughs> okay. are cooler than us. But it might so be... we respect that coolness right, and we go, yeah. Fair play. AC. You can have that coolness, you can have that, you can keep that. But I acknowledge your coolness. But, 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 yeah. Milan. Internationally and Milan. AC See, Milan, Inter Milan. You can yeah. have them. You can have oh, so them. You can say Inter Milan. You can say you've it. shouted at me for no, that no, before. You can, you can say Inter Milan if you want. But you just can't say AC. I haven't. Emma, pipe down. I want the, my show, my rules, Keep going, Emma. my Keep anger. Going. Thank you very much. Could, can you call um, Athletic Club Athletic Bilbao? Though, because that's not actually their name. If it's Athletic, see, this Club, is the problem. It? This is these are. I say Bilbao. These are I the things. This is, this is like this is like this is because what's happened is English people have decided, or whatever, or the media have decided how to like categorize because they don't understand. So you have to ask them. Don't you? Can you speak? Can you speak Basque? No, can you? 
No. I know a bit of Spanish. Well, they don't speak Spanish, do they? In Bilbao, they speak I know, but I know, like, they might know Spanish, though. But I think they do. I think they do speak Spanish. But ba- Basque. Basque is like a yeah, I know, I know, I know but Spanish. I think they hate Spanish, don't they? They probably don't now. But Basque came from because they didn't like. Do you want to hear a story? Do you want to hear, you want to hear a story very quickly? Do you want to hear a story? So when I was at, I went to watch Real Madrid versus Bayer Leverkusen in the Champions League in 2004, and we had this massive big Everton um, flag with us that we were taking to the game, and we unveiled it sort of in this park to get a picture of it, and the police come chasing after us they thought we were Basque demonstrators oh really and yeah. honestly opens their flags like a bit so they thought they thought we were uh, they thought we were Basque demonstrators and, and they come over and we had to like put the flag away and like scarper dead, dead quickly I mean that's it. just quite embarrassing for Everton as a club because people don't know what our badge is and think it's a variation of the Basque national flag but yeah um, they thought we were Basque it's quite embarrassing this, this really. pale ginger fella from Bilbao there's a, hey, there's a lot of pale ginger people from, from the north of Spain really? yeah, yeah. Wow. I know know about a pale ginger like Mexican. It's not like up there, you know, in the north of Spain. In the north of Spain. Because it's like on uh, the Atlantic. Yes, yeah, that makes sense. So it has, it's quite like it's quite north of Spain ma- mad winds and stuff. No, Ned, we're not in the north of Spain. We're in England. No, uh, we're north of Spain, <laughs> aren't we? We're north of Spain. I know, I know, I heard you. I know, you're right. I was making oh, wow. a joke. Oh. Mm. Emma, you're just wrong. You're right, you're, Emma. Yeah. Dylan and I know international you. matters really well, thank you. Ned is our international correspondent. Yeah, exactly. If, um, and we'll cut to our international <laughs> affairs officer, Ned. Imagine Ned. Imagine Ned being in like working for CNN. <laughs> Some of them go, what's going on, Ned? Be like... He'd be announcing Holly Willoughby's uh, departure from Good Morning yeah. Britain live from a war zone. Mm. I don't know if it's Good Morning Britain or This Morning. I, I've never. I don't get really up that care. early. I don't get up that early to find out. Um, there you go. There you go. So, yeah. So keep the core. Eh? Sell Ben Godfrey. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. If we can get a decent enough offer for Godfrey, I wouldn't bother loaning Godfrey out because no. you know we're not going to get anything significant back in. But if we can get an offer anything around ten million, I'd say see you later and. No, good luck to him. He's done nothing wrong. It's just not worked for him at Everton. You know, no, he's, he's had he's injuries had his... and he's had obviously a spell. With he's COVID. had his development stopped and the manager changes again. And you know, his first season he's played out of position. His second season, I don't he wasn't really played as much, was he? And going forward, even less. So, um, yeah, hopefully we get an offer. Nothing personal against him. Just it's a good sellable asset that mm. we don't really need, and we have very few of those. Mm. That's it. That's it. Absolutely right. And if and if they're not playing, you have to make a decision on them. Um, Dan says hi, gents. I honestly don't think we can afford to lose them. If it's if it if and it's a big if we were somehow unlike un, un, however unlikely win our points back, then sitting here at twenty seven points may be a different answer. As a thirty one year old, probably last chance to make any money on them, but at the minute it's a no. No, I get that. I get that, and I said that myself over the weekend. If you're sitting there on 27 points, you might you might be looking and thinking, yeah, we could we could cope without them for the rest of the season. But um, it's like I said at the start, and with a blank slate, better off in points. The financial side of things not hurting us mm. as much, and you'd go okay. Maybe his age, his injury record, his wages, to decent money up front. So yeah, we know that this player we can bring in for the same money because yeah. we can spend the money we get, and he, yeah. he's a lot younger. It's the 
you'll have the conversation at least, won't you? But mm. as it, it is, it, it just wouldn't make any sense. Also, you'd like to think there's a plan. Like, there's a plan to what we're bringing in and what we're letting go and how it works. And you obviously you have natural wastage of players leaving the club. Now, I don't see him as, like, natural wastage right now. I see a player who's actually still very much in his peak. Although... If the last month has told us anything, injuries will start creeping into his game, and that's that's obviously a big warning sign for a player. Um, but I think if there is a plan, the plan will be to sell Onana next. And again, you know, Onana's been linked with like Arsenal and Newcastle. I appreciate that, but Everton will definitely have a plan, and hopefully, what they'll have is they'll understand the finances. Because God, I hope somebody understands the finances. They'll understand the finances and know when is the best time to sell a player and how much they want for the player and then what business they can do off the back of it. And obviously you hope for like no nasty surprises coming up in that time. You know, no players wanting to leave or or whatever else. But if in they've no got a term injuries or... Yeah, if they've got a plan and they go right, Onana is the next out the door. We we want this amount of money for them and we think we can get this amount of money for them. Um then we can, with that money, we can take that money and use it to get this X, Y, and Z. And that's what you've got to do as a football club, isn't it? Stick to what your plan is and, and start for, start forming a plan. You know, I know that we're going to talk about like Crystal Palace in, the, in in more than a game as well. And, you know, I think they're a club that, another one that illustrates quite recently, and you've got like on the flip slide, you've got like Brighton who are buying like young talent from Boca Juniors. And you've got like Crystal Palace where the plan just seems to be let Roy cook, as the kids say. But, like, you, you just basically... Stay up, get a few players, you yeah. know, do a bit. Then players will probably go, and in that time, we've got a good youth set up, and hopefully we'll have another... But it's, but it's, all, it's all determined on what you've got available on the pitch. And, as I said, your manager coming up with something where clubs need more than that now. And I think for Evan, it's really important we... If if Kevin Fellwell has a plan, you stick to the plan and you follow it because that's the only way things change. And hopefully as you go along, and he said that himself, hasn't he, Fellwell, is like, we're not in a position yet to buy players who's, like, you know, in three years are going to, that's when they come alive. We're, I mean, the argument is maybe that we have done that because I was thinking about this yesterday and thinking, well, what if, because the next one's going to be, isn't it, Dominic Carver-Lewin, contract-wise? What if Everton have internally planned to sell Dominic Carvalhoon in the summer and actually this season is just one big bedding in season for Beto and then Chimiti becomes the second one and this whole season is one big bedding in season for Chimiti as well as the backup. You know, that if that's a pl- that is a plan at least, isn't it? That's a plan. Rather than saying, right, we're going to spend X amount on Dominic Carvalhoon to, to sign him up for a new contract. The plan might be, this is his last season. Beto's getting trained up, and that's why he's only he's not like we're not forcing anything on him. And then next season, he's going to be leading our attack. Yeah, it's certainly an option, isn't it? We do just need to have a long-term idea of where we're going to bring money into this club mm. because right now the club's bleeding money and we need to have a plan of how much we're going to get and when. And you know, hopefully it'll be good money. By doing that, we need to not leave ourselves too short on the pitch as well. There doesn't need to be money coming back onto the pitch. If mm. we sell Onana for 70 million, again, I don't think we're going to spend 70 million next summer. 
if we do, but we mm. might spend a good enough chunk of that to get a few players and hopefully one of them will be another young star who, you know, will have his better in season, like you said, and mm. over time he'll come into the team and he'll be the next seventy million departure and mm. you know, as other players in the meantime, like Calvert Lewin who might go and, you know, Bramthwaite is the obvious one over time, although I don't think he'll leave in the summer because yeah. of his new contract. And, you know, that that's all well and good and that's what PSR leaves clubs like Everton needing to do because if you want to build infrastructure so you can build up your revenue, you need to spend money to do that. Mm. You can't spend that money without having the revenue. So the the only alternatives are, are just get Champions League football, which, again, yeah. you can't do in the space of one season without spending money. Or it's sell players and, you know, mm. bring in smart replacements for less money and build that money up without weakening your team. And it's possible, but it's very hard and it requires, you know, a, a almost perfect game plan, really. Mm. So hopefully the club are ready. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's all we can hope for is that they have that plan and they know what they're doing. And if their plan is to, I'm not saying, to, you know, if their plan is that they're gonna, they're gonna, because um, with Dom, Dom's got a year in the summer. They have to make a decision. If he's not signing a contract, if he hasn't agreed to sign a contract in the summer, and the contract actually is not any more than he's on now, then they have to sell him. Now, a few people in the comments saying who would buy him. I, 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 straight off the bat, I'd say West Ham. I'd say, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to sell Dominic Carvalho, but I'm just being pragmatic. But straight off the bat, I, I, I believe, I believe, I think Moyes should see something. I think Moyes should go. He, he would fit us perfectly. And I, they've got a bit of a striker situation yeah, as well because yeah. they've spent money and it, yeah. it's not working. You know, they still rely on Antonio some yeah. games and. You know, I just think Moyes could appreciate his game, and we're not going to get anywhere near the summer money we once thought. No, we'd not get with a year left as well. And there's, yeah, a year left, and the form not being what it was, and the injuries yeah. being a massive factor as well. But mm. again, it's it's money for a player whose value is going to go down. And look, it's one we'll see with because maybe Dominic Calvert Lewin springs into life the second yeah. half of the season. I we don't go, want to sell him. The absolute last mm. thing we want is to sell him new contract immediately. And yeah, you know what? It's big money, but we'll pay it because the money will be even less if we lose them and go down. So, yeah. you know, that's one where the club will have ideas in place with how they'll approach that, but they're waiting to see how the next yeah. six months goes. You've got, to have two you've got to have two plans in a way for every... Well, you've got to have two ways of looking at it for every player, haven't you? Selling and keeping. You've got to know if you if you do sell them, you've got to have a plan for that. And if you're keeping, you've got to have a plan for it. That's, it's, you know... It's everything needs to be costed, doesn't it? Of course it does, yeah. You, you've got to know if that if someone comes knocking on your door and tells you, we need X amount of money by this date or whatever, or we're a little bit high on our PSR this 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 year, we, you always need that plan of, of, you can't be caught. You've got to know if, it's, if you have to sell somebody. You know, this is something that, like Andy, the Piv has been saying for, for years, you've got to... You've got, like, literally when you buy a player, you've got to have a plan for them. Like, even with a manager, the minute you bring a manager in, you've got to know your next, what can the next fella. You've got to have a plan. And that's what, that's what um, all all of the top clubs do. That's what Brighton have been doing for ages. Dan Ashworth, the minute he's gone, it's like, well, David Weir is here now. We've been training enough to be the next one. You know, if you've got, you the minute you buy a player, it's almost like, what's his path? How much can we get for them? Who's the next one? That's what they've been doing really successful. The other clubs are starting to cotton on to that now and do it themselves. 
Man City looking at 15-year-olds, you know, and, and you know, and, and obviously 17-year-olds in South America. You've got to be ready. You can't just, you can't just go, I don't, I don't want to sell, I don't want to sell. I love that player. You do have to have a plan for these players, whoever they are. The other side of that, though, is, you know, clubs have been in a position where they've had a plan and then things have completely scuppered their plans. Yeah, that of were course. Out of their control. Leicester did the Brighton thing to a degree for a while and had good success, you know, being in the top six, they won a trophy and, you know, they'd sell a player if the offer was big enough, the likes of Maguire, the likes of Chilwell. They were probably banking on selling one of James Madison or mm. NDD or Tielemans and then the pandemic came and messed everyone's money up and look when you formulate your plans you're not going to predict another pandemic but you know they were on a knife edge with what they were spending and you know mm. their player sales if they would have got a player sale they would have been absolutely fine the way the world worked they didn't end up getting that they couldn't spend money and in the space of one season they went from european contenders to relegators mm. and that's how much you hurt you and that's how much your mistakes are punished in but that's, this psr world yeah that's that's also it's like because you can for leicester you could say southampton as well a few years back when they just kept on selling and selling and selling every summer i'm thinking they were dead smart but it's it's whether there's a conveyor belt of talent it's whether you have whether you you have a plan in the like a model brighton clearly in brentford they have models for players brighton's has obviously surpassed everybody else's and shouldn't just be like oh see that's the thing about brighton's everyone's like let's all just do a brighton but their model is so specific because because it is Based on... It's not a case of by young player, young player do well. No, it's a... leave. It's very to well. It's based detail, on a, the model. It? It's based on is actually um, an algorithm that was developed by their owner. That like a gambling thing that he sells to the club. And I know Brentford have got something very similar. Chat GPT, you know, and and yeah, basically find me a good player. Um, it's based on like it's based on something that has proved very successful. It's. But it's very difficult to replicate if you don't have the technology yourself because it, it's come from a different mm. world almost, hasn't it? You know, from the gambling world, it's been repurposed for football. Yeah, and, and it works. And, and once you've got... And that's a plan that is, like, you know, someone like Southampton, the problem, or, or like Leicester is, you get caught up in that thing of, like, we know what we want to do. And then, like you said before, a new manager comes in or, an, or who just changes the, the, way, the way of thinking is, like, no, no, I want to. I want to keep that player. Oh no, I want that player. And that's when people talk about the directors of footballs and manage. Just leave it all to the manager. Well, you can't do that because no. managers have different styles exactly. and preferences. And mm. the more you can have a director of football that sets the tone for how your clubs run, the less changes manager to manager, which means less money has to be spent on correcting things mm. that seemed fine before. Yeah, um, yeah, and and for us, it's a case of. Letting Felwell get on with the job, like anyone who's listened to any like the good good interviews he's done of of late, you know he says he's very calm and you know he he points out very you know he points out exactly what his job is and what his role is at the club and you've got to let people get on with their jobs and obviously this club for too many years I've just not let directors of football brands is the biggest one, you know I I. I don't think, I don't think you can ever judge someone properly on a job if they're not allowed to do the job. I think you can be critical of somebody, oh absolutely, wholeheartedly yeah. if they're a hundred percent doing the job and no one's interfering and no one's getting involved. Um, and it's very difficult seeing something over the weekend. I don't know if you've seen it, the Reading stuff about like saying that the guys who were bought Reading didn't have a clue about football, so they turned 
and allegedly turned to Kia Joraban, who started bringing in his players. And we had the same with our club. It's Mich- absolute club killer, that man, isn't he? Well, Mishiri done the same thing. Didn't have a clue about football. So decided, instead of leaving it to his director of football, to, to allow I this... mean, mate knows football and he knows yeah. a few players. And... Yeah, yeah. To allow another person to come in and start doing things. And look look what it's done to Redden. If you, that name is synonymous with them and, and with us. And I felt really bad for Redding. Did you see the stuff last night? I seen oh, uh, the Jim Shark link. And then, and the, then um, William's story. Within about an hour, he was like, no, nah, I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that must be heartbreaking. Not heartbreaking because they've had a billionaire, like, like a name being linked with a billionaire, just the idea of thinking for like an hour, we this might this could happen. This could not not even that. Just these are gonna not own our club, and I just I was like, that is so our loss. Yeah. To be fair, in um, the story that they were linked to, and the Jim Shark lads mm. was linked with them. He's also linked to become a fella called William Story okay. as well, who is. Um, a con man of massive proportions, so it might not have necessarily been better for them. Yeah. I'm still, this still would have been like, uh, um, this is still better because yeah. we're getting no, you these don't wanna... absolute charts. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, we we know something about that at the moment, uh, you know, but um, no, you, you, you've got to have a club that just it runs. And it's run, run by yeah. football and people who understand yeah. football, who mm. understand their role. Villa had a similar thing to what you said about Redden um, mm. a few years ago before they got their current ownership. Um, someone who was, I don't remember the specific role, but he was responsible for transfers yeah. and such. Um, he well, used to work for Gatorade yeah. or something. Like he was like a, a market salesman for market, them. So he was like, yeah. oh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to sign players for Premier League football club now. It's just, <laughs> no, you need specific tailored individuals yeah. who can do what is actually a very detailed job. And there's no saying with that. I know that, listen, there's always noise about us, but if you take all the noise away from the points deductions and the independent commissions and all that, uh, we, a lot of the sort of noise has gone away because it is literally Thelwell running it now and the manager's allowed to do his job as well. A lot of that other stuff. It's mad that we basically the owner has essentially walked away. The board is. Do we have a board? Yeah, anymore? exactly. We have names, and the CEO is basically the Seemingly guy. Seemingly disappeared. Well, he's not. I mean, Colin Chong's job is to is to build. Oh, the, meant the old. CEO, no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mate, no. Colin Jong is is his remit is to just keep things ticking over, but he's not a real CEO. But he, he stepped up to the plate. When what, we but what I'm name. saying is, is though we have we've got no board, no CEO, no owner, and there's and 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 no drama in terms of. I know we've got loads of drama, but what I mean is on the pitch, we're not hearing all those different voices who owns our club. Blah blah blah. The the the, the director of football is doing his job, and his manager the manager's doing his job. And if that had always been like that. Everton would be around like European places right now if that had always been the case. If the owner had come in and just said to the the the, the director of football, "You're doing your job," the manager is, "You're doing your job," we would be we would be really really content. I think. 
Yeah, it's being run on a skeleton crew at the moment, isn't yeah. it? But the people who are actually there day to day running it are professionals. Mm-hmm. And you know, the two head honchos at the club, the director of football and the manager, they have a bit of a philosophy overlap. <clears throat> By the yeah. look of it, they both understand what the other is about. Football people? Yeah, it's proper football and people who, you know, um, obviously Deitch's tactics are, say, old fashioned. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, mm. you know, about the hard work going to be good offset pieces going to be hard to break down you know it, that's a good system for making the most mm. out of very little a director of football who's worked with clubs who don't have massive amounts of money to spend mm. but he's also got the background with the red Bull groups he understands modern football mm. but run by professionals at the moment it's just they they're not the ones who should be running the club if you understand me there should yeah, be yeah. someone above them it's just the people who do hold the positions at that club have gone missing Colin Chong is the only one who heads up that role and like you say that's not his remit he's stepped up to the plate as you know someone to carry that mantelpiece but it's not really his job is it no no it's it's not and until the club just needs some sort of structure desperately Mm. just someone who does actually own the club because as far as I'm concerned this year he doesn't own us anymore it's like if someone has a pet dog and they leave that dog on a street corner, yes, legally they are the owner, but if they don't have possession of that dog and mm. don't intend to feeding, have possession of that dog ever again, they're not the owner. Yeah. If you're not feeding it, then then it's then it's not yours. So that's what I say. Yeah, you feed your dogs, people. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the <laughs> real number. That's one the main takeaway, isn't, really, isn't it? Main yeah. takeaway I'd say from all this. Um yeah, that is the main takeaway as well as that it's Milan. AC Milan. That's Milan. I mean, you can call him AC Milan, but it is Milan. Another takeaway we need is um, older viewers in the chat. Do you know or recognise the drink KA? Because Ped doesn't. But my interpretation of it has always been that it's a drink from slightly before my generation, which now there's a bit, a bit of a gap between me no. and Ped. I understand. Let me have a look at it. The two thousand. You know, you're going to. No, I'm not going to do anything. I just want to see what. It, you know, the 2000s to the 1940s. The taste of the so. Caribbean. See, we had Lilt, right? I'd see it, it's a corner shop drink, though. Yeah, like Lilt. But I don't. Lil wasn't a corner shop. Lil was a Lil was a proper drink. Like Lilt and Tango, they were proper drinks. This oh, is we still something... have Tango. Tango still no, around. No, Tango's come back. But this is Tango never left. See, it's made by AG Bar, right? So AG Bar make like cream soda iron and brew yeah. and stuff like that. Are they the same? They're like as Scottish Andy? bar, like the company, and they right. make like um, cream soda and cherry yeah, aid yeah. and that. See, legends is, of the game. Star I think Wars. this is made to look like. And you've been conned into thinking that this was a drink. No, it's what I've been told <laughs> by, like, by the old heads in the, the community. Old this is the OGs. No, see, this is not a drink. K-A- I mean, it quite literally is a drink. It's, it's K-A it's, Sparkling Fruit Punch it was, was not something. Not something I Maybe remember. that's what the cool kids drank. And no, you the cool just, kids didn't drink that. Well, you weren't invited to the street corner. Sorry, no, so, I wasn't. No, I was too so. busy playing footy. Yeah, so the, the cool kids like on the normal street corner at, at the KA, the cans of KA. There you go. Um, no. An- Li- anything in the audience? Blue, basic trick says Lilt is the only tropical taste. I mean, there probably are other things out there that taste tropical. Listen, basic tricks of my generation, I, I think, or around my generation, and we're telling you, we are telling you as the generation. No, you're telling me, but I want to hear from the rest of them. The rest of them? Ned, ring your dad's. <laughs> Ned just made a noise. Um, there you go. I'll double check. I don't don't think 
Andy says KA was a crap forward car. Lilt, no, yes. The, the, Steve Pease says the streets will never forget KA. Yeah, exactly, and the, the streets won't forget. But for the streets to but it, not forget, they'd have to have remembered a long time ago. That makes sense. I know what I mean. Gareth Jones says, Yeah, I'm 39, you stood in KA, but you could only buy it from a cash and carry. Yeah, exactly. Drop a corner shop drink. Steve so P says Jacket's an early 2000s drink. I, I don't remember KA. Early 2000s, 90s, 80s, it's all the same thing, really, isn't it? I, 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 don't, uh, I, I don't remember it. Simple yeah, as that. Maybe in the early 2000s, strong. I wasn't... Cool. I wasn't... No, I... I mean, I just wasn't buying drinks from corner shops because I was too busy in pubs and actually... Well, I'd love life. to be at the pub, but, you know, duty calls. And it's not really acceptable to be in the pub at this hour on a Monday. No, no, I'm not but saying when that. it is, I'll be there. James is right. They didn't sell KA in my mum and dad's video shop, and that's correct because they only sold cool drinks like Lilt. And videos. And videos. Ah, good. Lilt. It's, I mean, listen... I don't think it really matters. It's a good point. You've but... walked in with it, and I've gone, what's that? And you've gone, don't you remember this? And I've gone, no. I don't think any more needs to be said. No, I just wanted to involve the audience so they know what's going on in our lives as well. <laughs> but it's good, it's settled. No, there the people remember. I don't know whether they do. Some people remember. Some people do. Maybe. Maybe. I just love the fact that you think... Or you're trying to tell me about a drink that you think was in my generation. And yet everything that I often say to you, you just go, don't know, never seen it. If it's not on TikTok, I don't know. Still right, we'll be back on more than a game at quarter past two. So come and join us. The link is will automatically take you there. We might even continue this conversation. Who knows? You've got time to run the shop and get a can of KA and review it while you click the hyperspeed link to come over to the MTAG stream. Just stay. I'm getting us a sponsorship. Just, just work with it. I don't know if you are. Don't know if you are. Right. See you at MTAG. See you in a bit.